welcome back to a Mavs Outsider podcast with your host Dustin. Putting together my kind of post game for Friday night's game, a you know pre-season type preview of the Mavs season and kind of a a preview of the game to come up on Thursday. Um, Mavs don't play till Thursday uh, against the Atlanta Hawks, so we will get into that. Um, but I figure we'll start out with uh, the game on Friday. We'll we'll start there and kind of go in order, kind of uh, you know, kind of post game Friday's game, kind of a preview to the season, and then a preview of you know the Mavs Hawks game. So. <clears throat> As far as the game on Friday, um, a couple things stood out, I feel. Um, for one, I, I thought the Mavs, who you know didn't play their basically three best players, competed. Like, I, I mean, I, it's kind of funny watching them compete like that because in the past, you know, they really didn't have the depth to... Um, compete with a team who played most of its guys. Now, I know Middleton sat out, and I know Bobby Portis sat out, but the fact that, you know, Giannis and Holiday were still out there, and Dallas was still kind of, uh, you know, not only keeping the lead, but maintaining it was, I, I thought, pretty impressive, you know. Um, even going into, like, the fourth quarter, you know, <laughs> Some of I think it was the fourth. Like some of Milwaukee's guys were still out there, and Dallas had gone full bench, and like full, like full bench. Really, you know, seeing Amarui cover Giannis, which I kind of thought was a pretty good matchup. Um, <clears throat> now I know Amarui's not gonna, you know, he's not gonna be able to contain Giannis or anything, but giving him some. Uh, Giving him some time against him, I thought was good. You know, to see what it's like to play against, you know, an MVP. And I, you know, what's funny about him is he's got the size to do it. You know, obviously Giannis is bigger, taller type, but you know, Amarui's got the build to, you know, defend a guy like Giannis. And you know, with a few years' experience, you know, he might fare weather, you know, fare better on, on another day. But. uh I did. I did like you know seeing them compete, you know, keep the lead, and obviously, you know, seeing Trey Burke out there as much as we did. I felt like you know at the end of the day, the guy that was going to be left off the team was Tyrell Terry. Now, <clears throat> Hunt and Jones were also released. I do kind of feel like. Um, that that McLaughlin, I, I don't know. Um, he to me, he really hasn't done anything to show that. I don't know. He he really kind of. They I think they kind of jumped the gun on that two way deal. You know, I I think if the Mavs could do it all over again, they would have held that spot open. Because I think obviously I think Amarui deserved it, but as far as McLaughlin, I I don't know. I think I'd rather given it to Jones. Um, Jones and Hunt will probably be on the Legends team. You know, I, I don't, I can't foresee anyone giving Jones a two-way. I guess at this point, especially because 
you know, there, it seems like there's so many guys available right now. Um, you know, there are a lot of cuts to players who some people feel even deserve a roster spot. So, you know, a guy, you know, Jones and Hunt could obviously play for, um, the legends, um, the Mavs signed and then waived Justin Jackson and then that Onu guy, which means they're probably going to be for the Legends. And then um, as far as Terry goes, I, you know, if he were smart, he would, whatever his personal is going on in his personal life, get that together and then go play for the Legends. I mean, that's the only thing he can do right now. You know, he still, he came out of the draft so young he's still you know got a lot of time to try and make his way back into the league so um obviously you you hate to see because it's like it's a wasted pick especially because that that pick was so sought after you know everybody was talking about Mavericks trading that pick because it's the it was the first pick of the second round, so you're basically getting the best player available, and you don't have to give them a guaranteed contract. And so, you know, some people like that pick better than you know some of the picks in the late twenties because obviously you don't have to give them that guaranteed deal. So it was it's it's just another wasted pick by the Mavs. Um, from what I understand, that was a Bob pick. <clears throat> so I'm glad. Old Harala Bob's gone. Nothing good came out of that. I'm sorry. I, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe somebody else saw something good out of it. Me, personally, I don't think anything good came out of old Bob in the front office. So, all it did was just cause just a complete chaotic mess in the front office. So, I'm glad that guy is gone. As far as the game goes, you know... Jalen Brunson was really good in the game. You know, he was the leading scorer for the Mavs. He had 17. <clears throat> Trey Burke played well. He ended with 14 points. Um, you know, it was one of the things they talked about is that uh, Trey Burke, I guess, went back and watched some of the film from the bubble to see what made him, like, so successful in the bubble. Um if that's what he's got to do to improve his game, so be it. But he he's got to get better. Um, if he's gonna play, I you know. He did well tonight, um, but, you know, when you're out there against better players, just I hope he can be ready for that, and also be ready to defend. You know, because, you know, Nilakina came in, he missed a lot of shots, but, uh, you know. He can defend, and that's where Nilakina can defend four positions. He's got a seven-foot wingspan, so obviously you're not going to leave him. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to put him on a four all game. But if he gets switched onto a four, I'm not, I'm not going to panic like I would if, you know, Trey Burke were to get switched onto a four, you know, because Nilakina's got a chance against that guy where Trey Burke doesn't. So <clears throat> Nilakina. You know, he had five assists. He made some plays, you know, for other guys, which was good. Um, but, uh, like I said, his strength is defense. And 
when you're a team that's got plenty of offense and you need defense, you know, sometimes Nilakina might get the nod over Trey Burke. So hopefully both guys are ready. Um, Dwight Powell was two for three on his three-pointers, which was kind of funny watching him shoot him. Like, the way he shoots, it looks like he even he looks like he kind of changed the way he shoots the ball because it actually looked nice. And watching him shoot the threes this preseason has been kind of funny because he actually looks like he looks comfortable shooting them. So I don't know if somebody helped him in the offseason or what, but uh, it was good to see him, you know, shoot with confidence and make them. Um, I still wish he could rebound. You know, he, you know, played 11 minutes and didn't have a rebound. Um, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith had seven, you know, three offensive. Um, you know, Moses Brown played 10 minutes and had six rebounds. You know, four of those offensive, obviously, he went. You know, he had that one play where he was fighting for the ball, and that's, you know, what you like to see. And so he ended up getting, like, four offensive rebounds in a span of, a, like, two seconds. So I just, you know, Powell, if, if there was some way he could, you know, figure out the rebounding. Um, Maxi has been doing, I, I noticed this preseason, Maxi's doing a lot better with rebounding. I don't know if it's being in the right spots or what, but, you know, Maxi's Maxie's getting a lot of rebounds. Um, <clears throat> another guy who's kind of stood out is Sterling Brown. Uh, I, I really like what I've seen um, from Sterling Brown. He He's just kind of one of those, he's going to be one of those pickups that, you know, kind of signings that, you know, you're going to look back in March and you're going to be like, man, I'm glad we got this guy because I, I think he's going to contribute a lot. I, I think he's going to be a huge addition to this team, um, especially once, you know, everybody's out there. Um, hopefully... Reggie Bullock can get out there um, soon. I know he had like a some sort of death of a, a friend or family member. I'm not. I don't know. 100 sure, but uh, hopefully he can get out there and you know be there Thursday and and play. Um, you know Willie Colley Stein had a couple blocks. Um, he didn't play very much. He only played nine minutes. Um, Josh Green, he <laughs> Josh Green. He, like his shooting, it is what it is. I, I don't know if it's ever going to improve, or I don't know if he's gonna if he's working on improving it. I, I don't know right now, but it's funny, you know, when I see him shoot, it just it looks awful. And when he took that step back three, or I was just like, oh my god, what is this guy doing? And he ended up making it, and it was kind of funny, but. I'm just like, that's the shot he makes. You know, he's open so many times and just can't even get close. And then that was the shot that went in. Um, Josh Green does provide some energy. And like I said before, he can play defense. He does have NBA-level defense. It's just that it's the shot, you know. Um, now, obviously, he, he doesn't have to be a great shooter to play. But the way this team is kind of built, it really helps if you are. Um, you can survive without it. I do know that. But it, you do have to make yourself available on things like cuts to the basket and stuff like that. Um, 
you know, he, he did have a play, and it, it got Willie Colley-Stein his one, you know, dunk. But, you know, he looked like he was going for the shot, and Willie was under the rim, and he just threw it right to him. And it was, a, I mean, it, it was a good play. You know, it was the right play, and it was it was great to see. Um, at this point, you know, it's just, like I said before, it's just a guy that needs reps. He, he needs to play, you know. He, he got some bubble play last year. Um, the time in the NBA was just the way Carlisle kind of screws with guys' heads and stuff like that. It, it I, I don't know. I, I just think he needs playing time. But like I said, with with Bullock and Brown, you know, playing as well as they do, it, it might be tough. So he, he's just gonna have to take advantage of the minutes he gets, and uh, you know, hopefully, you know that that pick can be salvaged. You know, so, um, you know, Boban got some minutes. It was his first minutes I've seen him in the preseason. Um, not the preseason. I think he played, uh, he played early on. It was, he didn't play the third game, I don't think. So, um, he got out there, hit some shots, got some rebounds. Um, Boban is who he is. Um, you know, maybe he's been working on his three-pointer. But at the end of the day, he's kind of the guy they put in there in emergency purposes. Uh, Maxi, it was good to see Maxi hit some threes. He hit several. Um, like I said, Maxi, Maxi's condition looks fantastic. Uh, you can tell he he looks like he lost weight, and he just looks great. Um, hopefully, hopefully he can contribute. Um, he's not putting. You know, with with the guy like Bullock, you know, maybe you don't have to put Maxi in situations where you know he can't handle. I, I don't know because you know sometimes I think Maxi's put on guys that nobody else on the team can really guard. You know, I, I did see Jason Kidd did something that I saw Carlisle do for years, and it just frustrates me. And so he put Torian Finney-Smith on Giannis, and it's like you know what, nobody can cover Giannis. But Dorian Finney-Smith really can't cover Giannis. I'm sorry, he just can't cover fours. He's not big enough. And I'm hoping with Bullock on this team, I think Bullock's a tad bit bigger. Hopefully with Bullock on this team, it can be that you know that guy who can go in there and defend fours instead of putting Dorian Finney-Smith on him. Because Dorian Finney-Smith just can't guard him. He can't. And it's just so frustrating because that position is so strong in the NBA right now. And having to put Dorian Finney-Smith on those guys and watching them just cook them, it's just so frustrating. You know, you put Dorian Finney-Smith on another, you know, one through three, you guys, go ahead. I'll take it all day long. But when you put him on that four, you know, and Giannis plays the four. It is, you know, he does. Um, you know... Maybe if the starters would have been in there, you know, with Powell and with Powell and uh, KP, maybe the defensive assignments would have been different. I don't know. Maybe maybe Porzingis would have covered Giannis. That would have been interesting to see, and maybe that's what we will see. Um, maybe they'd put Powell on Giannis. I'm not sure what they're going to do when they have their real starters out there with uh you know these the new coaches um 
I do notice the defensive intensity is different. You know, it's funny because Carlisle is obviously preaches defense, and they won their title playing defense, obviously. You know, that was one of the big things they did. But, I, like I said, I, I think with, you know, Carlisle, you know, guys start to lose the message. And the way he presents the message, kind of, they start drowning him out. And, you know, maybe it's a good thing, maybe it's a bad thing, I don't know. But it is what it is. We're only human. But my guess is the way, you know, it's presented to the players by these new coaches, you know, they're buying in and it's working. And, you know, everybody's defending and... They're just they're playing well. Um, you know, Milwaukee. Uh, they they scored a hundred and three, but one thing I noticed about Milwaukee, and I'm sure they'll be okay once um, the season starts, because you know there's when I look at the guys that didn't play, you know, like Bobby Portis, Chris Middleton. Even DiVincenzo and even Semi Ojale, you know, he's, you know, who's for Boston for a few years. I mean, they they really lack depth. Um, when the bench came in for Milwaukee, I was just kind of, you know, like, I was kind of looking. I was like, is this their team? And, you know, sure enough, it is. Like I said, they are missing four probably guys who would have played instead which is a big deal um, because, you know, I they, they're, some people believe they're better this year than they were last year. I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. But one of the things that I noticed is they really didn't have a lot of depth. So, you know, obviously that depth doesn't come into play until really the playoffs. You know, when the playoffs come along, you really don't play a lot of guys. You you have your top eight. And it's just, is your top eight better than the other team's top eight? And as long as that is what it is, that's fine. I, I just thought it was interesting seeing the, the guys out there that Milwaukee was bringing in. Because I was, you know, like, I don't know. I didn't know who some of these guys were. Like this Justin Robinson. This Delorier. I, I just like I said I didn't know who these guys were, and they were the backups that game, you know, and I just I, I thought it was interesting, but uh, onto the Mavs though. So, the Mavs for the season, you know I, you know when I was putting together my uh, kind of preseason uh, rankings. If you, you know, per se, I had them uh, third in the West. You know, after seeing preseason games, obviously you can't take too much out of those games. You know, they, they're preseason. A lot of guys aren't playing. You know, you might have an, an instance what like Dallas had where, you know, Milwaukee was playing their guys, but they won't, Dallas wasn't. So, you know, you're going to have situations like that. You know, even Dallas against Charlotte, you know, they played their guys and Charlotte didn't have a lot of their guys. And so Dallas won by 70, you know, 68, whatever. So you can't take too much out of it. But, you know, looking back, um, 
I do still think the Mavericks can get a top three spot. I, I really do. I really think they're made. They're put together for a really good regular season. Now, um, we'll have to see how it goes for the postseason. I'm not going to say that they're not going to be successful or anything like that. I, I don't want to be premature. I, I don't think that's smart, but I would like to see it, you know, when the time comes, you know, how, how they play when the postseason rolls around. But as far as the, the regular season, I, I do think they're built to win a lot of games. I really do. Um, I know I know Luca struggled that game against Charlotte, but, you know, stuff like that I, I don't worry too much about. You know, he played so well in the first two games that it's like, you know, you're okay to have a bad game. Everybody has a bad game. You know, had he played the fourth quarter, I'm sure his stat line would have been a lot different, you know. But uh, I'm just – I'm interested to see um, how some of these teams – you know how it turns out. Like, I, I still like I, I New Orleans. I, I just don't know, like, what a team like New Orleans is. How they're gonna, how good they're gonna be. You know, they're gonna miss Zion for who knows how long. They say right now they say a week, but I don't know, man. That's just a that's a bad injury. And if you're without Zion, I mean, how good is New Orleans? I, I you know, I don't think San Antonio is very good. And, you know, Sacramento, to me, is still up in the air. And so when I was looking at it, you know, I, I had put Minnesota in that number 10 spot. And I just, you know, thinking about watching, going through these preseason, it's like, I, I actually might have a chance to get that one right. <laughs> and, you know, I just, you know, the everybody talks about how the Lakers, they went winless. But that really means nothing because they did show the stat that Milwaukee and Phoenix both were 0 for last year in the preseason, and they both ended up in the finals. So that really doesn't mean anything. But I will say this. Um, I, I'm curious to see how a team with Westbrook and LeBron play together. And the only reason I say that is because Westbrook has always been so ball dominant. Um, and I think LeBron is better when he has the ball. So I, I think figuring that part out will be interesting for the Lakers. Um, it's, it's just, it's an interesting combination, you know, when, you know, when LeBron, he, he's always had these super teams. And, you know, one of the things that came up when he went to Miami was the way him and Wade would play together. Um, and people, you know, said, don't worry, they'll figure it out. And, you know, for the most part, they did. Um, I think LeBron's ability to play off the ball was better than Wade's because Wade isn't that good of a shooter. And LeBron, to me, can play off the ball. And when he gets it, he doesn't necessarily have to shoot because he has the ability to make something happen. Um, now, he's a bit later in his career now, and he's shooting a lot more. Like, I think last year he shot more threes than he had ever shot in his career, you know. So, 
you know, when LeBron went to Cleveland and he had Kyrie, I thought Kyrie was a better teammate for him than Wade because Kyrie actually had the ability to shoot. You know, Kyrie could catch the ball in the corner or wherever it is, and he could shoot it and make it because Kyrie's a lot better shooter than Wade was. And it kind of went the same way with, with Kevin Love and Chris Bosh. You know, Chris Bosh wasn't a good shooter at all. And so I thought it was going to be interesting to see how Chris Bosh played with LeBron. And, you know, when Kevin Love played with LeBron, you know, that was the, the one year they won the title. It was when all three were healthy in the postseason. And, you know, Kevin Love can hit an outside shot if he has to. Um, Kevin Love also has the ability to... Um, what do, how is it? He ha- he has the ability to find guys because um, he was a good passer, and so I thought I felt that Love and Kyrie were better fit for LeBron than Wade and Bosh. Now Wade and Bosh's team was more successful because they went to the finals four times, but um, I guess Cleveland went I guess three times. Uh, well, they went four, but Kyrie wasn't on the fourth one. But uh, the the team they have now with Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook, I, I think is going to be very interesting to see. Other than Davis, the other two guys, Westbrook and LeBron, they're at the very end of their careers. I mean, they're like LeBron's over 35 I think and you know he he he's still obviously a dominant player but he's not the same dominant player that he was you know 10 years ago um, Westbrook the same way Westbrook he's you know he's still kind of the same guy he's just not as good and then there's Davis who at one point, you know, I think when they were in the bubble, Davis shot really well. But last year, Anthony Davis didn't shoot very well. His shot wasn't that great. And, you know, the Lakers kind of, once they got to the postseason, obviously he was hurt, and that was it. Um, but seeing LeBron and Westbrook play together, I think is going to be very interesting. Um, the Utah Jazz, who I think will finish with the best record, I you know they I think the way they've been knocked out of the playoffs the last few years dictated what they did this offseason. Um you know last year the Clippers went small and Rudy Gobert just could not play and they really didn't have anybody to go in and fill that spot to be like a small ball 5 and I think that's what Rudy Gay is. I, I think that was the reason they brought in Rudy Gay, and I think it'll be interesting. Now when teams go small, I think you'll see Rudy Gay playing the five because teams will go small against them. They're, teams are going to do that. Dallas does it to them. You know, Dallas will go small. Um, when teams go small, you're going to see Rudy Gay play the five, and I, I think it's going to be good for Utah, and that's one of the reasons why I think they'll be the – they have the best record now as far as you know what they do in the playoffs that's a different story but 
I think they I think they went out this offseason and addressed that small ball predicament because you can play Bogdanovich at the four and you know you can play Mitchell and Conley and then whoever you want whether it's Clarkson or Engel you know and you can compete with any team at that point you know because Rudy Gay is now your center you know Rudy Gay's six foot ten he's not short um but he can play you know against a Nicholas Batum and that was the that was the problem you know you they didn't have anybody to play Nicholas Batum last year and they just the Clippers just exposed him so I think this the Rudy Gay signing was um kind of their answer to you know trying to solve that uh issue they have um other than that I I think everybody um pretty much showed um, kind of what I thought. The Bulls kind of looked better than I thought they would. Uh, you know, some people complain that they they can't defend. And that's probably true. But at the same time, you know, the NBA, the regular season, nobody defends. Um, I, I don't think the defense will come into question until the playoffs. You know, Two years ago, Dallas had the best offensive in, in the NBA. And last year, like Dallas's offense two years ago was the best in NBA history. It was like an efficiency or something like that. Well, last year, seven teams surpassed it. So, you know, the league more and more is not allowing defense to be played. So I think the Bulls will be just fine. Now, when the playoffs come along, you maybe have an argument because for whatever reason, the, the officials change the way they're calling games in the playoffs. So... A little bit more defensive um, uh, intensity is there, and so you know, I I could foresee, you know, Chicago maybe having a problem, but until then, I, I think Chicago will be fine. I you know, I think I had them finishing around sixth. I, I they might do better. I don't know. So, um, obviously, Atlanta played well. Um, and I'm going to use that to go to segue into the first game with uh, Dallas is against the Hawks on Thursday. Now, the league starts Tuesday, and you're going to have things like uh, the ring ceremony, which I thought it was funny that they put Brooklyn in against the Bucks for <laughs> the opening game for the ring ceremony because... Obviously, Brooklyn's going to be, you know, that much more probably motivated to beat Milwaukee. Um, I don't know if everybody, I don't know if there's any injuries that people, anybody's going to miss, but obviously Kyrie's not going to be there. Um, The second game they do have is Warriors-Lakers. I don't think that's going to be the, um, I don't think that's going to be the juggernaut that people think it might be uh you know the warriors i've said they're going to be different in um they're going to be different in march than they are in november you know clay thompson's not going to be there uh he's probably not going to be there till after christmas and then it's going to take him a few months to get into basketball shape so you know, the Warriors will probably start slow, 
but I could see it, you know, going into March and April, I could see some sort of, you know, 15-game winning streak to, you know, bump them in the standings. So, um, I just don't think this is, I don't know how much of a game that'll be. It'll be interesting to watch, um, but, uh, like I said, the Mavericks do not play till Thursday, and they play the Atlanta Hawks. Now, the Hawks, I, you know, I have them as the third team, third seed in the East, and I, I just think, I think they're going to be one of those teams that team that guys, the other teams in the playoffs just aren't going to want to play. Now, this is this game is in Atlanta. Um, I think this will be a good test for Dallas early on. I, you know, it is possible they lose. Um, I think Atlanta, you know, having so much continuity, you know, Dallas bringing in some guys with a new coach, you know, it might take, you know, whether they get it going, you know, you know, like I said, I think Dallas could be better in January than they are when they start the season, but I still think they'll be strong to start the season. However, I just think, I don't know, Atlanta is going to be one of those teams that when the playoff rolls around, you're just not going to want to play them. You know, I, I think they can play any style of basketball. You know, if you want to go big, they can go big. If you want to go small, they can go small. And they got shooters all around, and you just, you know, Dallas is just going to have to defend. You know, that's what it's going to boil down to. You're going to have to defend, and um, hopefully... Um, you know, hopefully they, it's something they can do, slow down, you know, this Hawks offense because I think the Hawks can score a lot of points. Now the Hawks, on the other side, they're not great defenders either. Um, you know, I like John Collins, but, you know, John Collins doesn't have a defensive reputation. You know, the same thing with Trey Young. Trey Young is, you know, his whole career he's been a negative on defense. Um... You know, Kevin Herter is a good defender, a decent defender. Uh, DeAndre Hunter, I think is his name. He's probably their best defender. Um, he's probably the guy you'll see play Luka. Um, he's a guy who can guard four positions easily um, on any night. He's got size. He's got length. I'm curious to see, you know, I think he missed pretty much most of last year. Um, so I think he's finally healthy. So I'm interested to see how he defends Luka. I think Cam Reddish is another guy who's going to tr like try to find his niche in this league. And I, I think that's one of the things that's going to be is his defense. Um, I think he has the ability to be a good defender. Um, we'll see. Uh, you know, the Hawks were shopping him for a while and you know, some people are saying it's, you know, because they have too many guys, and I and I believe it. You know, at some point, you're gonna have to start paying people, and you know, it's kind of like it's it's one of those things where if you draft well, you get punished for it. And you know, Atlanta's had a few drafts where it's come out pretty well, and so they might have to move on from a guy like Cam Reddish. So. Uh, you know, they, some had thought he was available, and you know, he was a guy I'd love to see the Mavericks get uh, that happening. I doubt it. You know, that could have been the Mavs' pick had they been able to keep it. 
Um, you know, I think all they would have had to done is trade Wes Matthews for Kent Bazemore, and um, they could have kept their pick. I, I think the picks were going to kept, be kept out of it, of that trade. But because Dallas didn't want to trade Matthews for Bazemore, um, I think that was the the trick because it was going to be young for Luca, and then Dallas was going to have to send Wes Matthews to Atlanta for Kent Bazemore, which obviously in hindsight they should have done it. Of course, I think they should have done it at the time. It, to me, it's no different. But you know, they ended up sending Matthews to New York. I mean, they could have sent Bazemore to New York, you know. Uh, so it, it really didn't matter. But Dallas didn't get that pick. So, um, of course, they probably would have ended up trading that pick to New York for Porzingis when that deal was done. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just... Hopefully... This is a game that Dallas can can win. Hopefully, it's a game they can show the the up tempo offense that we kind of been seeing this preseason. You know, one thing I like seeing is the fast breaks. Um, you know, Sterling Brown's ability to handle the ball. I, I, you know, I didn't know a lot about Sterling Brown, and seeing him handle the ball, I thought was really good. Um, because Dallas doesn't have a lot of guys who can handle the ball. You know, seeing, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith, you know, I don't want to pick on him too much because he is a good player and he really does a lot for this team. But, yeah, I don't know if anybody else notices, but, you know, when Dorian Finney-Smith puts the ball on the ground, you know, nine times out of ten, it's a turnover or an ugly shot. I just, it's, it's frustrating sometimes. And he did it against Milwaukee. He put the ball on the ground and he just turned it over. It's like, and it's it's just not his strength, you know. His strength is to catch the ball and shoot it. And you know, people get excited when they, that one play happens that he takes it to the rim and he dunks it, and that's great. But they kind of overlook the you know four turnovers or five bad shots he took prior, you know. And it's like, it's like, man. Um, and so seeing Sterling Brown have the ability to handle the ball like he did was really good to see. You know that Amarui can handle the ball. Um, and like I said, I've said it before, I, I think after this season, he'll have a, a roster spot on this team um, next year. Because I, I do think he's a guy who's a rotational player. Um, you know, he does need a little bit of experience which, that all rookies need, you know. But I think he's a guy that you can play in a 10-man rotation. And so, and, and I just like the fact that he can handle the ball. And I hope that's something... When he's playing on the Legends, I hope that's something that he does. I hope he handles the ball a lot. Because um, Dallas needs ball handlers. So, um, Other than that, you know, it's it should be a quality basketball game. Um, you know, it's a tough game to... It's a tough team to start against. You know, because Atlanta is so good. Um... But the second game is against the Raptors. So I do think you get kind of a break because I don't think the Raptors are going to be any good. <laughs> I think the Raptors are going to be bad. You know, it's... they. I don't know if they've had 
injuries in the preseason. I just they just they just look like they're a bottom five team in the East. It is what it is. But uh, Thursday night, though, you know you get the Mavs, the Hawks on a nationally televised game, followed by you know the Clippers and the Warriors. Um, again, you know the Warriors are going to be without Clay. Kawhi's not going to be playing for the Clippers. How that game's going to go, I don't know. You know, seeing the Clippers in the preseason, I just don't know how good they're going to be. Um, honestly, I could see the Clippers in the playing tournament. I might have had them in that spot to begin with. You know, I don't remember where I put them, but uh, you know, Milwaukee, they get Brooklyn and then Miami uh, for their first two games. So. Um, that game also, for whatever reason, is on Thursday night. But they, instead of playing that game, they put, instead of TNT getting that game, they did Golden State Clippers. But, you know, I guess they didn't want to show Milwaukee twice in a row. Even though that is the better game. Um, Wednesday night, you know, you get more of a full slate of games. Um, pretty much everybody else plays. Um... It should be a fun start to the season. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, like I said, I think the Mavericks have a very talented team. I think I think Thursday night you're going to see the difference between a good um, defensive team versus a bad defensive team, and I'm hoping Dallas can pull off the win. I'm hoping they can slow down Atlanta enough, and I'm hoping they can kind of show the league that you know they're for real. You know, if they can come out with, you know, holding the Nets or holding the Hawks to, you know, now a good defense is around 100. If they can hold the Hawks to around 100 and, you know, put up some offense, I, I think people will notice. So um, I'm going to go ahead and end it there. I uh, Normally I try to have more of a enthusiastic voice, but... I am doing this early in the morning, so um, it is early on a Sunday morning, so uh, I am not as awake as I usually am, but uh, hopefully, I, I probably won't do my next pod till after the Atlanta Mavs game, um, there's not really going to be much to talk about, uh, so until then... If you would like, you could follow me on Twitter at the Mavs Outsider. If you could, rate and review the podcast, wherever it is you get your podcasts. And until next time, we'll see you later.